Thank you everyone for tuning in to Real Good Podcast. Today we have a very special guest with us. Uh, this guest is um, a kettlebell instructor, personal trainer, and she really emphasizes in the strength training for women. Um, we're very excited to have our guest, Nikki, with us today. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Thanks, Nikki. So glad you can make this episode today. So today we want to talk about um, a few different things, but uh, most importantly, I'm super curious to know um, your story, um, how you got into fitness yeah. and personal training, and what it means to you. Absolutely. That's, I mean, best place to start is from the beginning. It's so funny to reflect on it now because I only recently moved to Memphis about five months ago. And I moved here from Chicago where I was living for five years. And that is the beginning of my fitness training career. I started um, about five years ago, 2014, I started working with my own personal trainer because yeah, I was taking the group classes and I was going to a gym and working my way on the machines and taking spin classes, which is a story that's very common, right? Mm -hmm. And I was like, what? I'm missing something. Something is not connecting. Surely there's a way to train for myself and my goals that go beyond these machines, like those Nautilus, the machines that were big in the 80s. And then I started working with this trainer. Her name is Brittany. And I use her name because she is probably one of the those single people that has changed my life the most. Right. I was working with her as a, she was my personal trainer. We were meeting on a weekly basis. And then I would just oh my gosh, overwhelm her with all the questions about what should I be eating? How should I split up my workouts? Is there better workouts, exercises to do than other ones? Flash forward a year in advance to 2015, I was like, you know what? I'm completely all consumed with this fitness world, this nutrition world. And the funny thing is I was actually in theater at the time. I studied theater as an undergrad, moved to Chicago to pursue a career in theater, both through acting, directing, writing, and teaching. But come 2015, I could not get fitness out of my head. So I decided to kind of completely change tracks and pursue a certification in personal training. And then I got my first job as a personal trainer in August 2015, where I was working as a personal trainer and a group instructor in this small boutique gym in Chicago. And then, gosh, another year later, I completely dropped theater and I decided to devote myself 100% to personal training. And as you mentioned, specifically specializing in educating and empowering women to get strong for themselves, to get strong in lifting and in life, and just prove to these women that, you know, you are so much more capable of the things that you might not think you're capable of to begin with, particularly in a gym. I think there's a lot of stereotypes and misinformation out there for women. And so changing tracks 2015 to pursue strength training and personal training full-time is the catalyst behind all that. Yeah, that sounds so amazing. Um, and I love the part where you you really um, care a lot about empowering women in yeah. their own bodies because um, I agree, as women, we sort of get lumped together as being weak. Yeah. Um, and so it's super exciting to know that there are female um, personal trainers out there who sort of, who exist and 
basically want to knock that idea, you know, out, out of the ballpark. Um, so that's super exciting. And it must be, also, it must be very comfortable for a lot of women to have a female instructor. Yeah. Um, so thank you so much for sharing that story. Absolutely. Um, Nikki, um, with all of your expertise and experience with being a personal trainer, I'm sure you have had a lot of um, questions asked. Um, I've, I'm sure you've had a lot of concerns addressed with you from other women, you know, possibly what type of, um, what, what should they not do mm-hmm. for training? What should they wear? What are some common myths you have experienced um, mm. in your personal training career? That, thank you. That is such a major question um, because I think that in general, women approaching fitness and both from the perspective as someone that's, you know, a weekend warrior going to the gym or et cetera, just someone going to the gym on a regular basis slash from the perspective of a female trainer entering the fitness world, there are myths, misinformation, and stereotypes. And I always lump them as these three because there are the myths that, you know, women should not be weightlifting because they're going to bulk up and turn into like China, the professional wrestler overnight, rest in peace, China. (laughs) Um, There is the misinformation associated with that where you know women need to just it's always about getting smaller and losing weight and getting tighter and leaner and oh that's only going to be achieved through cardio don't pick up those weights again this idea of not picking up weights go burn yourself out on the treadmill on the elliptical on the rower and then stereotypes that you know even for myself as a woman entering the industry again I had to have I, I almost assumed I had to look a certain way to be a successful female trainer. I had to be taking pictures of myself, you know, in a sports bra with like sweat dripping down and like look like a size zero fitness model with like a constant smile plastered on my face. You know, the funny thing is these stereotypes are not unlike any other industry where a woman is trying to enter in and be a domineering force. You have to look a certain way. You have to kind of exude a certain energy. And so both um, both with myself as a trainer and with my clients, I'm always a proponent for let us get you strong AF, so to speak. And how are we going to accomplish that? I got to tell you, it's going to be through weightlifting. It's going to be through picking up free weights. And by free weights, I mean dumbbells, kettlebells, barbells. It's going to be from, you know, doing big compound movements, your squats, your deadlifts, your, your bench and chest press variations, your overhead press variations, your rows, not just doing bicep curls, tricep extensions, ball crunches, you know, planks for days. You know, there is a time and a place for isolating and accessory movements like those that I just mentioned. But for women getting stronger, you're going to want to stick to those compound movements where you can really be moving some weight. Um, And from there, you also mentioned what is a great thing to wear. For instance, I think a lot of people ask the question, like, what shoes should I wear? Because there's a myriad of different sneaker options. There are those, right? There's more like those chunky sneakers that are great for running. 
like Asics and Nikes have great. Brooks is a big leading running shoe brand. The chunkier and the more cloud type feeling in the shoe, that's probably going to be better for your running, your long distance, your walking. Whereas, in fact, the flatter the sole, the stiffer the sole, or in some cases you'll see super flexible soles, is going to be better for your weightlifting. That's really good to know because with with so many options out there for shoes, it can be extremely overwhelming. Yeah. And who's to say that that could be the only thing holding someone up because they don't know what types of shoes to wear yeah. while they're weight training. Simple as that. Um, and so that is super helpful to know, everyone. You know, get those flat soles. Um, yeah. Get your feet to the ground. If I may, I honestly, some of the best shoes are your Converse and like Converse, whether they're the um, the shorter ones or the higher bridge, I'm I'm losing my vocabulary. What do we call these? High tops, high tops. <laughs> there we go. That's the trendy, trendy <laughs> low, low tops, high tops. Those are high top Converse are actually have historically been my favorite shoes to squat and deadlift and do lunges in because it's a nice flat sole. It gets you close to the ground where you can really get feedback from your feet there's tons of sensors in our in the soles of our feet so if we can keep that flat with the foot then we're getting a lot more feedback a lot more response okay and is it dangerous to weightlift without shoes you know that's such a fair question because yes and no no because there are tons of people that you'll see professionals even that do a lot of weightlifting barefoot again that you'll see them do the squats and the deadlifts I personally prefer to deadlift barefoot but outside of that I don't do really anything else barefoot um yes it can be dangerous because keeping your feet bare in a in a a gym setting where weights are being dropped on the ground something's kind of not necessarily should they get thrown aggressively unless you're in like a crossfit gym but these moving weights can drop near your feet. So, okay. Yeah. That makes so that's much sense. That's the one concern. Uh, so protect your feet uh, while weightlifting. Mm-hmm. Um, note number one. Um, and so, Nikki, you mentioned something about a kettlebell. You know, although I've heard of the other types of uh, bells you had mentioned and weights, what mm. exactly is a kettlebell? Great question again. So a kettlebell is I like to call them those medieval-looking bell-shaped things you see on the floor of a gym, but either no one's touching them, so they're just kind of collecting dust on your the gym of the floor of whatever local gym you're going <laughs> are to. Are they intimidating? Uh, right. What are you doing there? They're exactly, exactly. They're just kind of odd-looking. Or, unfortunately, you'll have some people using them in a rather chaotic manner. You might see people doing kettlebell swings, but they're swinging a bit too high. So some people just kind of stay away from them, like you said, intimidating. So kettlebells, my favorite way to describe them is they are a gym and a handle. There's a very specific bell, literal bell shape to them with that nice handle, and they're far more ergonomically designed than a dumbbell. Because with a kettlebell, I can grab the handle and I can swing it. I can, I can have one hand on one handle or I can have two hands on one handle mm-hmm. and swing it and do what's called a kettlebell swing, which is arguably one of the most effective movements you can do in the gym. Hands down, period, end of story. 
The kettlebell swing builds strength, it builds power, it builds endurance, it gets you to sweat and it gets your heart rate up and it's an incredible fat burner. So frankly, with all of my clients, I am teaching them at some point the kettlebell swing because I just believe in its life-changing power, the life-changing ability. It really does seem like it is life-changing. And... I, I don't know that probably not a lot of people are aware of you know such devices and that's super helpful of you to explain that and then go into kettlebell swinging. Um, so does someone have to do this at the gym? Can they do it within their home? No, that's the best part. You can do this from home. You you do need a kettlebell. I have seen people try to do kettlebell swings with dumbbells, which. As I mentioned with the ergonomic design of the kettlebell, the dumbbell just simply does not have that ability. So I find that swinging a dumbbell is a surefire way to injure yourself pretty quickly. So I would recommend doing kettlebell swings with kettlebells. And yes, you can do them from the gym. You can do them from home. In fact, I personally, I've been building up a collection of kettlebells from my home. I have nine kettlebells now, so I could do a myriad of workouts for myself. Mm -hmm. I train clients at my home, and you better believe that every... Every workout, if not if not every workout, every other workout, we're involving a swing of some sort. So for folks that like to exercise from home, having just one kettlebell somewhere in the 20 to 30 pound range for females is a great tool to create a, a myriad of workouts for yourself. Okay, uh, cool. And so what type of feedback do you get uh, from specifically women who mm. decide to use the kettlebell swing and how how do people feel about it you know yeah implementing this thing that they never knew existed and out of nowhere is a huge part of their lives the first feedback I get is what the hell is that <laughs> you know what am I doing I've I've taught the kettlebell swing to over 200 people by now and in the past like three years of since I, I got two kettlebell certifications, actually, one through a company called Dragon Door and one through a far more reputable and, and globally recognized company called Strong First. And in the past three years, I've been just teaching all my clients kettlebell work. And with the swing, I've gotten all the reactions from people where they do it once and they're like, okay, no, I feel ridiculous. This feels weird. If I don't like it. Can we please stop? And I'm, I never want to trigger a client, so I'm like, okay, okay, let's move on to something else. But eventually, we're going to come back to the swing. <laughs> um, and then I've gotten some people that they shine to it immediately, and they, they look like they've been swinging for years in their sleep, but just not in their waking life yet. And um, it's funny because I... So when I moved to Memphis, I started working at a gym downtown at the end of May, And now I've had consistent clients that I've been seeing for about four months. And I got to say, half of them have never touched a kettlebell in their life, and the other half have. And now you better believe they're coming to me, they're texting me, they're telling me, oh my gosh, I did some kettlebell work at my hotel while I was traveling. Oh my gosh, I was feeling so good about the kettlebell swings in class. I'm really appreciating those cues you gave me. And I've turned, I've like converted them to true kettle believers one might say one might say (laughs) I love the kettle believers that is perfect um if only you could engrave that 
on the kettlebell. No, I actually believe that is it. I never had said that pun before, but I'm kind of feeling it right now. So uh, kettle believers, we're kettle believers here. We are. Um, so that was a good one, real good. <laughs> uh, so thank you for sharing that. Uh, that is super helpful to know because I, I have to admit, I knew nothing about a kettlebell. Have and you worked with a kettlebell? Savannah? I have not. But honestly, I'm sort of kettle believing that yeah. I need to do this. Yeah, truly. It's um, not to turn the tables on you, but I'm so curious, like. For instance, what what are three words you would use to describe what you're trying to get when you get in a workout? So three words. Um, I am trying to get cardio. I'm mm-hmm. trying to get some cardio. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to be fit. Mm-hmm. So I want to I want to add some some strength within my body. I want to, you know, I already know this strength exists within my body. Yeah. But I want to feel powerful and strong within my body. Oh yeah. Um, so, cardio, strength, um, power, confidence, confidence, power. powerful, all of the above, and yes, I believe you can achieve all of those with dumbbells, with body weight exercises, even. But the reason I would encourage you to try the kettlebell is because a movement like the kettlebell swing again to to really break it down even further is it is a ballistic explosive exercise. So it's like I'm having you jump five feet in the air, but your feet aren't leaving the ground. And I'm getting by you doing even 10 swings in 20 seconds or less. Booyah. Your heart rate is elevating. It has no choice but to elevate. And so there is achieving your cardio right there. And then strength you know, even doing something like goblet squats or, or overhead presses or kettlebell rows, like you can still accomplish all those same movements that you might do normally with a dumbbell, but with a kettlebell. And we're going to engage your abs in a way that the dumbbell doesn't necessarily do. We're going to really hone in on your form and your posture and your technique with the kettlebell because it's all about where are you holding it? Where is your mm-hmm. center of mass? How is your body going to change to meet meet that so for someone which I think most women are feeling those three words you mentioned like confidence cardio strength you know I I do believe that the kettlebell is able to achieve those things with less equipment and less amount of time than any other piece of equipment in the gym cool I think uh, I think I have been convinced that I'm going to implement a kettlebell within my my practice mm-hmm. <laughs> um and nikki where could one find a kettlebell uh, if if one works if one would like to work out at home yeah. where, could a, where could i find a kettlebell you know nowadays i gotta tell you amazon is selling them i'm a big fan so this is actually a, an important distinction to make there are a number of different types of kettlebell styles you want to look for a cast iron kettlebell so not the rubber coating not the stainless steel handle truly a cast iron kettlebell just like you'd find a cast iron um, skillet mm-hmm. or a pan yeah in your kitchen you want your kettlebell to be made of that some very reputable brands are rogue kettlebell kings and perform better those tend to be the top three that you'll see at a gym. 
Um, of course, there are so many different brands and Amazon, Amazon Basics has that. But if you're not looking to support Amazon any more than you already do, I would actually pop onto the websites of those three brands I mentioned, Rogue, Perform Better, Kettlebell Kings, and you know, you can get them shipped to your house. And yes, you're throwing down some money for some quality kettlebells, but those kettlebells are going to outlast you they're just so durable like you can throw them on the ground you can pick them up you can throw them up in the air they might get some scratches but they're certainly not gonna break or anything like that great thank you for sharing those sources um so everyone if if you heard that you know go to amazon um or you know rewind back to where nikki says the the powerful brands that she enjoys for her kettlebells um and you'll be able to find your own kettlebell um and so, Nikki, what type of intentions are shared with you mm-hmm. when people want to use you as a personal trainer or, you know, when someone is working out? What are their goals? Absolutely. Um, first and foremost, I get a lot of women who are very concerned about their weight or they're very concerned about their, you know, their midsection, their triceps and their thighs. These are three primary areas where as we age, women, we tend to hold more weight in in those three areas. So our lower bellies, our triceps, and our thighs, our thigh to like butt area. And so they want to target those areas. And or sometimes folks want to focus on losing weight. I try to steer the conversation away from just fixating on the number on the scale and weight loss like sure if that's a goal or especially if it's like a health concern and we need to bring you down weight then absolutely we will I will make sure that goal is being met within our training and the program that I write for you but again going back to this idea of getting stronger you know there are a myriad of weightlifting movements that we can use to accomplish getting you stronger, tackling those three quote-unquote problem areas, those three sticky areas for women, and increase your metabolism so that you're burning more calories throughout the day. What I love about implementing weights into my workouts as opposed to just like strict cardio, and by strict steady-state cardio, I'm thinking on a treadmill, right? Mm-hmm. On a spin bike. Is with weights, as we increase your strength, we will increase your lean muscle mass. Having more a higher percentage of muscle mass in your body will increase your metabolism, will burn more calories throughout the day and even at rest. You know, this can help um, kind of offset the ratio of muscle mass to fat mass in someone's body by consistently weightlifting three times a week like if you can just get in three times a week of weightlifting and anywhere honestly from 45 minutes to I know some people that like to go as long as an hour and a half and maybe they'll do weights for their first half of the workout 45 minutes and then they still want to get that cardio they still want to sweat and they felt like they weren't sweating enough with the weightlifting fine, by, by, by all means, go walk on the treadmill for 15 minutes after your weightlifting. But with my workouts, with my, my, especially my female clients, we're always going to do a total body workout. 
where we're going to hit the legs, we're going to do some rows for the back, we're going to do some presses for the shoulders, and all of these exercises are going to involve your core in one way or another. A squat, huge core exercise. And when I say core, I'm talking the abdominals, I'm talking the obliques, I'm talking the transverse abdominus, the rectus abdominus, the, the, the back and the sides. We're really focusing on your entire core. So when, when some people think, oh, I should just do crunches, right? I just got to isolate my abs and core exercises. Honestly, you're going to get more bang for your buck doing a heavy loaded goblet squat or doing a heavy loaded overhead press. We're going to use more muscle groups, challenge your core in a way that a ball crunch or like a mountain climber simply could not do. Okay. Wow. You are so knowledgeable on all of these things. And um, I know each workout is different and unique to each client, but how would someone implement running within their weightlifting? There are two folds. Um, One is to do your weightlifting first and then your running second. We want to, we want to, save most of our energy for our weightlifting and and start the day off with lifting, like I mentioned, 30, 45 minutes even, and then burn out kind of like finish with running. Because weightlifting is more intense, you want to do that first when you're focused, you're energized, you might have just eaten something recently, so you can use that fuel to build your strength up with weight, and then spend about 30 to 45 minutes again doing your running. Um... The another option, and you can do that exact plan three times a week and you'll be making great results. Another option is to do, you know, your three days of lifting and then add in another day or two of running on opposite days that you're not lifting. And then that way you can really focus your training. So this is a strength training day. The next is a steady state cardio day. And then you go back to a strength training day and a steady state cardio day, et cetera, et cetera. And then um, a final option is if it depends. If you're, let's say you're training for an event, for instance, like mm-hmm. a, an, a marathon or a half marathon or even a 10K, you know, you might want to like really look at your week's plan and work out your mileage because people who run the marathon, for instance, they have to treat their running like a part-time job. So they'll have their like high mileage days then their low mileage days then their media mileage days. And at this point, if you're one of those people, you're going to want to focus more on your running and a bit less on your strength training. There, I would bump your strength training down to about two times a week so that you can focus on the muscular and cardio endurance that comes with your running and then have your strength training days not be so strenuous that exhausts you for your runs, but just enough to support those muscles that you're using during your runs, like your postural muscles, you know, your upper and your lower and your mid back, your glutes, your hamstrings, your quads, and maybe for fun, whatever else kind of power stuff you want to throw in there, whether it's box jumps or kettlebell swings or med ball slams, something that kind of trains that explosiveness of your of your overall body training. Okay, that's super helpful because... Um... I know a lot of people run, but, you know, they also may, may, maybe they don't know anything about how to implement that strength training if they're 
actually wanting to go into that direction. Um, and then this is a totally random question. I'm not sure if anyone ever asks you this, but what is a great food to eat before weightlifting? Or what is a good snack to have? Uh, how do you, what do you do with that? That's, <laughs> yes, that is so real. Um, the pre-post-workout right. meals, can right? Can you please debunk that? I can, pl- I would love to debunk that. So, straight up, you want to have carbs before you work out. Higher carbs, lower fat and protein because carbs out of those three macronutrients, carbs get broken down the fastest and they go straight to fueling your muscles, fueling your energy systems for for breaking down and utilizing energy and fuel in your system. Um, I'm a big fan of a piece of fruit, like 15 to 30 minutes before a workout. Bananas are great. There's a reason you see so many bananas in the NFL, like on the st- on the sides, not only because of their potassium, but it's one of those slightly starchier fruits that can really give you that extra boost of energy and kind of help last your workout. So I'm a big fan of fruit, 15 to 30 minutes before a workout. Apples, bananas, um seem to be the most optimal. I see people with oranges. And then if you're having a bigger meal, then you can have some sort of more starchy carb like a piece of toast. Or a, I know some people swear by their bagels before they go for a long run or a weightlifting session. Um, but something with a little more of those complex carbs. Again, you want to limit the fats and the proteins because the fats actually slow your digestion down, just like proteins. It takes longer for our bodies to break them down and process them for fuel. So that could put a damper on your energy during your workout. Conversely, post-workout, you want to increase your proteins and again, get more carbs. At the end of your workout, your muscle glycogen levels are completely depleted So we need to refill them up by way of carbs. This is actually a good time to have more sugary things. So you can have, I know a lot of people, oddly enough, that love their candy, like their pixie sticks or their Jolly Ranchers, something like a fruit-based candy as opposed to a chocolate-based candy. Um, Having carbs and also protein, whether whether it's in the form of a whey protein isolate powder or there's a lot of people that are loving the vegan powder protein supplements or by going and getting meat you know Mm -hmm. chicken or fish or eggs or something else you you can if you want to be really strict on your diet in terms of like timing out all your nutrients around your exercise you can limit fats after workout like your fats being your avocados, your nuts, your nut butters, um, more red meat, and save that for later on in your day. But I would say just to reiterate, carbs, something that is going to be fast absorbing, like some fruit about 15 minutes, 30 minutes before your workout. And then as soon as you're done with working out within the next hour, trying to get in some protein, about 30 grams of protein, and more carbs. That sounds great. And Uh, So everyone, you don't have to have your fancy protein bars or your Mm -mm. fancy energy shakes. You know, just keep it simple uh, with your bagels, your fruits, um, or your toast. 
Um, Probably cheaper too. Yeah, working out does not have to be so intimidating. And I'm just so glad Nikki has been here to make this journey less intimidating because um, it can be super intimidating for especially women. So thank you so much for sharing all of your knowledge, Nikki. And um, is there anything else you want to share? Um, I know that we are going to dive into your social media handles. Um, But besides that, is there anything else you'd like to add? Yeah, I think, and just kind of as a way to wrap up the whole, all the buttons that we were hitting today, I just want to reiterate for, for the women out there, whether they're completely brand new to weightlifting, like they have never picked up a weight in their life, or they're semi trained, but still completely lost about how to work out, when to work out, how to write a program. I really do want to encourage women to seek out a weightlifting coach because honestly, whether your goals are weight loss based, aesthetic based, like you want to tone up your arms, I I hear that a lot, or you want to build a nicer booty, I hear that a lot. I am a huge advocate that weightlifting, consistent weightlifting can help you achieve any and all of your goals. Seriously, whether it be aesthetic or number-based, it can really achieve your goals. And I would encourage you to seek out the help of a professional like myself. I am, yes, I'm based in Memphis. I also do online training and we'll get to that in a moment. But I just, I really want women to feel encouraged and empowered in their own weightlifting journey. Yeah, I think more women should hear that, Um, you know, with it being mainly you know, mainly masculine, um, Mm -hmm. a lot of, a lot of men in the industry, which there's nothing wrong with that, but for some women that can be a little strange. And so it's always super helpful, you know, when you have a fellow woman there beside you cheering you on, we're all in this together. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, so we all have a beginning. We all have a, a catalyst, a story. Right. Um, so you know, if you if this is something new to you and you've never done it before, um, just give it a shot, give it a try, uh, and you'll probably be surprised as, uh, you know, you may really enjoy it, um, and it could be super rewarding for you once you find that strength that your body is perfectly capable of, especially as a woman. Yeah, I feel um, like a superhero. <laughs> so, Nikki, where where can someone find um, your, your services? Absolutely. I've got um, two main ways. One is via Instagram. I'm very active on Instagram. My handle is kettlebellatrix. So combining, guess what? My love for kettlebells and Harry Potter, Bellatrix Lestrange. So kettlebellatrix. Um, you can also just look me up by my name, Nikki Vite. Last name spelled V-E-I-T, Nikki Vite. Or you can... Find me via my website, which is just launching this week. Very exciting. Super exciting. Yeah, thank you. Um, NVStrongTraining.com. I have a personal brand that I'm working on, and this is where I'm doing my online training. I have clients in Chicago, those that I used to train when I was living in Chicago, and I have clients as far as Switzerland, some family friends of mine I'm training out in Switzerland, and my brand is called NVStrong, and my website is NVStrongTraining.com, and that's where you can find my About Me page, my services, testimonials, my blog that I've been writing for over a year, truly anything you need, you can find. Great. Thank you. 
Um, and we will be hearing a lot more from Nikki. Uh, she's going to be um, on our podcast pretty often. Uh, so we are super excited to have her here as a regular. Yeah. So thank you so much, Nikki, for being thank a part you. of this. Thank you. I'm excited for what's to come. Thank you for your time. Thank you.